no questions, just confidence that God is faithful and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 What I lack, he will supply. He has given me the owner's manual of life, even eternal life, and it is his majority text holy Bible. God even supplies his children with the ultimate onboard teacher who leads and guides in all truth. John 14.26 But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost... Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This marvelous communion and journey for man can only start at the place Jesus Christ calls born again. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again most literally means born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. The new spiritual birth begins with many of the things the first natural birth came with. A new father, a new name, a new birth certificate, a new family, a new reason to live, a new eternal destiny, and so much, much more. At Born Again, we enter the invisible, all-powerful kingdom of God. Regarding this invisible kingdom, Jesus said in Luke, 11, or Luke 17, excuse me, 20 and 21, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. We have the holy word of God in our sanctified hands, a brand new born-again soul, and the Holy Ghost teacher on board, plus the invisible kingdom of God dwells within us. I don't need to run around trying to find it. Everything I need to grow and develop is on board. We are not dependent on theologians or professors nor on various helps and aids, and we are certainly not dependent upon the Internet for answers. Everything we need to grow and develop is inside Christ Jesus, and the Holy Ghost will teach us the tenor of God's words. It is such a marvelous independence from the world and all its talking heads attempting to be relevant. Dear Visitor, have you yet to be born again? In just a few moments, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, everything changes for you today. Today, all your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. You will be justified. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken. The bigger, the better. The chains are snapping. Today you will become brand new. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the bright and shining kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, John 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. 
God said, Genesis three twenty-two through 24. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God said, Revelation 2, verse 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Man said, I can't believe it. Only eight years until immortality and no God. <laughs> wow, I can't wait. <laughs> now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,168. That will, for the 1,168th time, confirm the pure and perfect word of the living God. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and his ammunition in the battle for the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you and all to which you put your hand. Over the years, numerous God-said, man-said features have addressed man's lost immortality and Cardledom's quest to regain immortality without God, his Christ, or his Bible. They are always seeking another way. Jesus identifies this crowd in John 10, 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. The idea of Adam and Eve's original immortality has drawn ridicule and raised eyebrows from the world's academics for centuries. In the last few decades, the jeering has died down as their brightest and sharpest speak of immortality found. Before we address the latest information on this subject recently published by UK's Daily Mail, we will lay in foundational information from previous God Said, Man Said features. God Said, Man Said, Immortality Keeps On Knocking Part 4, Immortality Returns, Genesis two sixteen and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The day that Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, they died spiritually with mortal death following years later. And the very same day they ate of the fruit, they were booted out of paradise. Biologically, they appeared the same as they were five minutes before they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But something very spiritual and very deadly happened on the inside. Something that began this terrible cascade of death. Whether the deadly tree had something physically harmful in its fruit is not stated, although one could argue the implication exists. But something eternally deadly was in the deed. Genesis tells us that Adam and Eve were banned from eating from the tree of life, which assured their death. 
However, keep in mind that Adam still lived to over 900 years of age. Something happened on the inside. Check out the following short list of spiritual conditions now taking place on the inside that pre-sin Adam and Eve never knew. The knowledge of good and evil, guilt, shame, fear, accusatory nature, uncertainty, wrath, stress, sorrow, condemnation, regret, bitterness, slothfulness, hatred, complaining, envy, grudges, negative thoughts, lust, unforgiveness, and so on. All of these traits cause physical death. It's true that immortality was lost, but these spiritual conditions also directly shorten natural life and the quality of life. Adam and Eve appeared the same biologically as they were before sin, but something was happening on the inside. The way back is the same way we left. There is no other way, regardless of the convoluted solutions proffered. When there was only the voice of the Creator in the Garden of Eden, it was called paradise, and Adam and Eve were immortal. They had eternal life. When the second voice spoke, Satan's voice, and that voice was chosen over God's voice, man was ejected from paradise and died spiritually that very day. His immortality was lost, and he also soon died physically. The final events that took place before Adam and Eve's re ejection are recorded in Genesis 3, 20 through, to, through 24. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Paradise was lost when in an act of unbelief and disobedience, God's word was rejected for the second voice in the garden. It's the 180-degree principle, the principle of the opposites. Mankind fell from grace in the Garden of Eden through unbelief and disobedience. We were cast out of paradise and became mortal. Cherubims were posted to block our rebellious return to this place of beautiful eternal life. These cherubims are seen again, protecting the way back to paradise, hovering over the mercy seat and Ark of the Covenant, into which only believers who have repented and forsaken sin can enter. This is the 180 principle. The way back is the same way we left. But as you should expect, man seeks another way, end of quote. We were created to live forever, but because of the entry of sin, we all die. The only way back to eternal life is through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that blood is applied at the place the King of Glory calls born again. Note that this new birth opens the door to eternal life. Christians put off mortality and put on immortality at the time of the first death. The redeemed do not experience the second death, which is eternal. This is the simple truth of the issue, but man, true to form, will seek another way. God said, man said, cherubim blocked the way. 
There are many organizations and foundations, as well as medicine in general, committed to the principle of extending life, and they have experienced some success. Those on the cutting edge of life extension uh, research are known as gerontologists. One man in this field, esteemed by many and dubbed a rogue researcher by others, is Cambridge University's Dr. Aubrey de Grey. This biogerontologist raised many eyebrows when he said that some people alive today would reach the ripe old age of 1,000 years or older. At a recent international conference, Dr. DeGray and his colleagues, flanked by scientists of some stature in the field of gerontology, laid out his seven-step plan. Also, according to science writer Thomas Bartlett, it was the seven steps to eternal life. His plan included such things as growing new human tissue and organs, using a patient's own cells, stem cell therapy, cryogenics, cloning. Dr. DeGray's 1,000-year claim noted above follows this line of reasoning, which was published by Life Extension magazine in February all the way back in 2006. The author asked Dr. DeGray the following question. If SENS is successful within the next 30 years, how long do you expect to live? What would be your likely cause of death? DeGray answers, well, I'll define successful first. I'll choose it to mean what you said in your introduction, which is essentially the addition of about 50 years to the healthy lifespan of someone who's 50 already when the treatments are begun. People who get those treatments will mostly live to a 1,000 barring nuclear catastrophe because in those 50 years, the therapies will improve enough to give those same people another 50 or more years and so on. I'll be 72 in less than 30 years, so I have less chance. But I'm pretty youthful, 42, so maybe I will survive long enough to benefit. End of quote. The following statement was printed by Thomas Bartlett in his article referenced earlier. This is what he said. The man who would murder death. The man he is quoting is an ardent supporter of DeGray. His name is Graham Pollock, and he said, It is not that the battle against aging will be over shortly, but that there will be enough steady progress so that we can live forever, more or less. End quote. God said, man said, 120, they just can't help themselves. The headline in the March-April 2015 issue of Psychology Today reads, Tinkering with Mortality. The subhead reads, The quest for eternal life has been with us eternally, but the latest interventions raise questions we've never before encountered. A few paragraphs follow. The prospect of such treatments has energized a more radical group of thinkers, including Aubrey de Grey, controversial chief science officer of SENS, who has suggested that as we engineer aging out of our very cells, some people born today may live a thousand years. Such claims have drawn intense interest from certain Silicon Valley magnates who have made the war on aging a near obsession. In 2013, Google invested in Calico, the California life company, hoping that its application of moonshot thinking to biotechnology could cure aging once and for all. Google and pharmaceutical giant AbbVie have since pledged up to $1.5 billion to Calico. 
Ray Kurzweil, Google's director of engineering, is counting on artificial intelligence advances that will enable the brain to be downloaded to a computer, bringing about effective immortality, especially if and when that consciousness is uploaded into a fresh bio-robotic husk. The whole idea of a species is a biological concept, he says. What we are doing is transcending biology. This idea is more fully explored in Virtually Human, The Promise and the Peril of Digital Immortality by Maritime Rothblatt, Ph.D., a technologist and medical ethicist who, as CEO of biotech firm United Therapeutics, is perhaps the nation's most prominent transgender executive. Her heady book explores how virtual humanity will extend human life, or at least consciousness, indefinitely. She proposes nothing less than liberty from death via techno-immortality and aims to guide readers through the inevitable transition from a society of flesh only to a mind-centric society, end quote. In the May 2015 issue of Discover magazine, the headline reads, 20 Things You Didn't Know About Immortality. A few sentences follow. Two things are certain in this world. We are born and we die, but must we? Billionaire Dmitry Itzkoff and his group, the 2045 Initiative, want to cheat death by creating artificial bodies to house human intelligence. Itzkoff and friends think they can develop a hologram avatar housing an individual's personality in an artificial brain within three decades. Terrasum's Life Knot Project claims to offer longevity today. All you need to do is create a Life Knot account and upload as much information about yourself as possible. Apparently, the mind file may be used to reconstruct you in the future. Immortality isn't merely a 24th century quest. In the 3rd century B.C., Chinese Emperor Qinji Wang ingested mercury to gain eternal life. It didn't work. End quote. The headline in the May 8, 2015 issue of The Week reads, Tech's Quest for Immortality. The subhead, Silicon Valley's billionaires have a new project, said Ariana Ujung Cha. They want to defy death. Among the guests was Cynthia Kenyon, a molecular biologist and biogerontologist who had garnered attention for doubling the lifespan of a roundworm by disabling a single gene. Audrey Debray, a British computer scientist turned theoretician who prophesied that medical advances would stop aging, and Larry Page, co-founder of an Internet search darling called Google that had big ideas to improve health through the terabytes of data it was collecting. A number of guests were skeptical about achieving immortality, but could science and technology help us live longer to say 150 years? Now that, they agreed, was a worthy goal. Within a few months, Field had written checks to Kenyon and DeGray to accelerate their work. Since then, he has doled out millions to other researchers with what he calls breakout ideas that defy conventional wisdom. It was Arison who introduced Field to the scientist at the dinner salon a decade ago. Since then, Field has funded such projects as the high-speed cooling technology for human organs, 
so they could be preserved indefinitely, and a way to grow bones using stem cells to replace broken ones. I've always had this really strong sense that death was a terrible, terrible thing, he said. I think that's somewhat unusual. Most people end up compartmentalizing, and they are in some weird mode of denial and acceptance about death, but they both have the result of making you very passive. I prefer to fight it, end of quote. March 30, 2023, headline of the UK's DailyMail.com read, Humans will achieve immortality in eight years, says former Google engineer, who has predicted the future with 86% accuracy. Three subheads read, Ray Kurzweil predicts nanobots will help achieve human immortality. The technology will repair cells and tissues that deteriorate as the body ages. Experts fear elderly billionaires will become immortal. God said, man said, wonders whether the Daily Mail employed AI, artificial intelligence, in the writing of their March 30 feature. The headline and the first sentence of the feature at odds with each other. It appears that the 86% accuracy touted in the headline should have been 58.8% according to the first sentence of the article. The first sentence reads, A former Google engineer has made a stark realization that humans will achieve immortality in eight years, and 86% of his 147 predictions have been correct. Brackets, 58.5% correct predictions. The first sentence also appears in need of correction. The line, and 86% of his 147 predictions should read, and 86 of his 147 predictions. However, despite these few proofreading errors, the gist of the article is intact. A few excerpts from the feature follow. Ray Kurzweil spoke with the YouTube channel Adagio discussing the expansion in genetics, nanotechnology, and robotics, which he believes will lead to age-reversing nanobots. These tiny robots will repair damaged cells and tissues that deteriorate as the body ages and make us immune to diseases like cancer. Now the former Google engineer believes technology is set to become so powerful it will help humans live forever in what is known as the singularity. Singularity is a theoretical point where artificial intelligence surpasses human intelligence and changes the path of our evolution, Lifeboat reports, end of quote. Man wants the immortality he once had back, but without God, his Christ, or his Bible. Unfortunately, the problems are on the inside. They are spiritual problems that require a spiritual remedy, which Jesus calls born again. Man will always choose another way, and as you can expect, he will always fail. The world is filled with problems on the inside, spiritual problems, which include alcohol addiction, dope addiction, pornography addiction, a myriad of phobias, fornication, adultery, human trafficking, gender dysphoria, LGBTQ123, mental illnesses, suicide, wars and rumors of wars, murder, rape, child abuse, violence, divorce, broken homes. I think you get the idea. Living forever without Jesus Christ is foolishness.
If anyone is interested in immortality, consider what Jesus Christ said in John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Click on the further with Jesus and regain immortality today. God said, John 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. God said, Genesis 3, 20 through, 22, excuse me, through 24, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God said, Revelation 2, verse 7, He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Man said, I can't believe it. Only eight years until immortality and no God. <laughs> wow, I can't wait. Now you have the record. <laughs>